0: The Damn Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's more than just a barbershop. it's where influencers elevate each other and the community meets. Welcome everybody into another episode of the Damn Podcast with your hosts Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. Angie, what's up? How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Do we do we have a guest today?
0: Uh, we have Sprague. I don't know awesome. if we have. I don't Great. know if we have. I put it on the lodge that we were looking for the next like listener guest, and nobody hit me back.
1: I know one one guy here for the Beavers wants to come on, but he wants to see a practice first, so he's going to wait till he can he can watch them. I don't know, but that's okay because you know what? I've been to practice. Yeah, I have been. I went on Tuesday, and I also why well, I already talked about the Beaver Combine. Um, but Marcus, I, I know you're still friends with these guys, and you probably have a, a you know other in, in, insight to add. But I I mean, first day, first two days is really hard to tell. I mean, yeah. they were just in helmets inside, but. A lot of energy, and I think that was the the main thing I saw. Um, and guys knowing what they were supposed to be doing. There wasn't a lot of standing around. It was very crisp, and uh, it was it was fun to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, it's always fun. The first couple of days, and I'm not even going to beat around the bush. First couple of days are really fun. Uh, the biggest thing I'm going to look at when it comes to spring ball is in the next couple of weeks. Like how how yeah. are they looking in the yeah. next couple of weeks? Because no matter how good you are, or how great your team is, or how bad they are, whatever it is. As soon as you hit a couple weeks of just the same routine, practice, uh, weights, everything keep going on, weights, practice, weights, practice, weights, practice, it gets old. It does. And I love football to death, obviously, but it still got old for me too. (laughs) So I'm just excited. I want to see how they respond and how they react, if they're still going to be mentally sharp. I know every practice isn't going to be perfect. And I know obviously offense will mess up plays, defense will too. But as long as we see growth, and um, before I keep going, I should let everybody know, I don't even know if I already said it, Brandon Sprague of Dirt and Sprague here at 1080 The Fan is our other guest today. He, uh, A lot of people say he's usually pretty negative. I can say that for myself, that he's not negative. I think he just keeps it real from his eyes, and he's going to hop on with us after uh, you and I are done, Angie.
1: Sounds great. Yeah, it's going to
0: be good. He's a... He had a good segment that we're going to talk about. I know we will. So, uh, But, Angie, is it, you know, over your years of following this Beaver football team, do you think in the springtime you see, maybe you see more energy or maybe you see these guys not be as mentally sharp? Do you know just from your point of view? Because I know for a fact from when I was playing, I don't know, I think their practices are like, what, two hours now? With Coach Anderson and his staff, they were – They were like four and a half. They were just brutal. So it was hard. It was super hard to uh, stay mentally focused and not be exhausted every single day. But I'm just excited to see kind of what these guys are gonna do after a couple weeks and see. That's another big thing if they take that next step and be mentally sharper the next couple weeks.
1: Yeah, you know, as far as energy, it was it was high energy, but I. Spring's always different. You know, I mean, for my own personal, I love fall camp way more. And I I think you see more urgency in fall camp from players just because they know the game. You know, they actually have something tangible, like right in front of them, three weeks, four weeks away that they are are preparing for. Um, Spring is a little more fundamentals, and they were kind of starting with fundamentals on Tuesday. It was, um, you know, teaching proper technique. They did, a, they did a drill, Marcus. You would have actually kind of, I think, loved watching it because Shamaya Whitson loved it. Um, they had the defenders. They brought out the big mats, the big puffy mats, and they had the defenders. They brought the kickers out, and the kickers had soccer balls and were just drilling soccer balls maybe five yards out, and the, the defenders had to jump and try to knock down the ball. I mean, oh, was no. coming right at them.
0: Yeah. Well, that, I yeah, mean, it was
1: like one after the other, just a boom, boom, <laughs>
0: boom. <laughs> that would be fun. I, I actually think it's hilarious. Some of the drills they do, um, I saw, I think it was in, in the fall and in the spring, I, I've seen pictures of it, just how they get basketballs, like the receivers. The basketball. Yeah, yeah, the basketballs. I love that one. I was a Hooper in high school for sure, and I loved basketball. But just seeing, you know, they're, them trying to run their routes while dribbling a basketball is, I mean, it's great. It, it's good hand-eye coordination, too, and it works on, obviously, your routes and everything like that and being precise, but I just thought that was super... I mean, I love that drill. I really do. Well, I love get them watching it. out of their comfort
1: it. zone, right? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes you, you can become autopilot, but it makes them that much crisper yeah. than when they... It's kind of like me. I, I got back into the gym. I know, Marcus, you just called when you called and asked me. I, I just went to the gym, and I took a spin class. So it's like when I crank my gears up really high so that when I sprint, it feels super easy. Yeah. It's uh, that's them. They're it, they're making it uncomfortable for them by dribbling basketballs, so that when they are then just running the route, it's
0: crisper. Yeah, and that's you know I, I hopefully I will be able to make it down to practice tomorrow to check them out. But uh, Angie, it's it, I know for a fact it just takes so much. You know, it's it's really draining mentally, physically, to do the same things every day, and so. If they do change it up, which I think the coaches will, I think that's probably why we've seen more progress from these guys and from these coaches is because they've switched it up and got the guys out of their comfort zone because when you talk about those drills that they do that are different, that are new, you know, as running backs and, you know, as an offense in general, we would do the same drills. We would do nine-on-nine. Over and over. You know, nine-on-nine we'd do, you know, obviously as running backs, you work on jump cuts, you work on handoffs, you work on catching swing passes, you know, you basically, we basically did the same thing every single day all spring. So try doing the same drills for four and a half hours for, you know, a month. It gets, it gets really old and it, <laughs> and it makes you kind of change your mindset. And no matter how much, cause I know there's times I'd wake up and watch motivational videos and be like, all right, come on. You know, it's, it's just practice. You love football. You know, you get to do what you love. Not everybody gets to do this. But at some point you hit a point. You're like, we've been doing this for two <laughs> weeks straight for four and a half hours. Like, come on, <laughs> we need yeah, something new. Yeah.
1: But well, it got chippy. And that was the first time I think that I've seen in years, especially spring, that first practice, there was a little, a little chippiness going on, a little scuffle broke out between the offense and defense. And usually that, that happens a few weeks into it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, but that I think I, these guys want to play. Yeah. I love seeing that. It's, Every time you see that, it just shows that at least the guys care, right? Because if nobody at all, you know, if nobody even gave a rat's butt, I don't want to, I'm trying to, you know, cut down on the cussing, but if nobody cared, then that'd be a problem and nobody would fight. (laughs) Because I know for a fact, I I remember it was me and it was Devin Chappelle. We would always talk smack to each other all the time. Almost every day in practice, no matter what. (laughs) I don't know why. No. People just have it. It's just, it's an instinct that, you know, you're just competitive and you want to win. And no matter who's, you know, ahead of you, you're going to try to beat them out. And it always happened. It always happened. It happened when I was a walk on. We would do.
1: The best, the best track trash talk ever was James Dockery and James Rogers. Oh, yeah. Those two would go at it. Like the first few times I saw it, I actually thought they were really just pissed at each other. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, no. But, no. I mean, they're, they're friends off the field. But, is there uh, a, the trash talk that would go down?
0: Yeah. Is there a uh,
1: – Legendary.
0: So, I know you only there's only been, you know, one practice, but is it – did you – like, who, who was somebody that you could see that could smack talk? I already know that, in my mind, Hamako Rashid is probably smack talking every single day. I know yeah,
1: that. Yeah, I mean, he – you know, he – so – you know, he had his. He was kind of limited. He has a has an elbow brace on mm-hmm. that first day. Um, oh, the other news that I mean, it's already been in the lodge. But um Togi, I was in a boot. Mm. So um, after all, he's come through. Hopefully, it's Smith addressed it. Said it was um, you know hopefully not a long term thing. So I think, but with his history, I guess you just kind of have your fingers crossed. But um, yeah, Hamilka, he he was you know in there. I, you know, I think the defensive guys, some of the DBs can trash talk. <laughs>
0: Yeah, DB's always trash talk.
1: And then and I think you look at the veterans. I don't, you know, the media kind of has to stay off to the corner, but I wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, Isaiah Hodgins mixing it up a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Trevon Bradford
1: mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. I can see those guys.
0: That's a good thing. I always love seeing that. But, uh, Angie, so let's switch to this. I don't know how much you got to see of the quarterbacks um, at yeah, let's all. I quarterbacks. Yes. So what did you, were you able to see anything at all? And uh, if you were kind of give us some insight, at least if you did.
1: Mostly drills. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just doing passing drills. where they two of them would, would take balls and, and float throw Each of them would throw to opposite receivers. So they were really getting a lot of reps in, you know, this is a two horse race right now between Jake Luton and Tristan Jebbia. I, you know, I thought, I thought Jake looked good. I thought he looked polished I thought I, I just love the swagger that Jebbia brings, mm-hmm. you know. In the post after practice, they both both quarterbacks came and spoke to the media, and Jebbia just has that it mm-hmm. to him, right? He's just comfortable with the media. He's he's comfortable with the team. But one thing, um, and I'd like to give a shout out. We have a, a new member of the Beaver Blitz team, and Shamaya unutoa whitson former player, former linebacker, had to medically retire from football, but still is is attending Oregon State and helping us out with some insight in the lodge. So um, we still have Carter Baines as our beat writer and he gives us a report every day. And then Shemaya is in really kind of breaking down things for us in the lodge. And one thing that he pointed out, and after he pointed out, I really started watching it was just throwing motion. And Jake has a way quicker. And it's, it's. I remember watching the combine and they were talking about um, Aaron Rodgers. So when, when they step back, his, his the, the football is right up by his ear already. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jebbia was more of a loopy motion. He was taking it a little more gunslinger-like. You know, he kind of more willy-nilly with it. So um, something to watch, but um, I, I just like his mentality. Yeah.
0: Well, that's – and Sprague and I talked about that because we recorded our segment before um, you and I, Angie. But he was kind of just talking about the the – with the quarterbacks is just kind of swagger in a way – but in a way that he, you know, he appreciates basically and and obviously, everybody stick around and listen to it. but I'll, I'm trying to sum it up is that he appreciates what Jake Luton's done, right? Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. And in order to take that next step for Oregon State and Oregon State football, he's hoping that Jebbia will be that guy because, you know, in a way, Sprague is saying that he like like Luton is good or he, he's, you know, he's an exceptional quarterback. but, we need something more. We need another Better. step. Yeah. We yeah. need we another, need and step. I, and I think that's you know exactly what it was with receivers, right? And with you know running backs, everything like that. I think Jefferson is that guy that gives us that next step. AP is great. We've seen that he's great. But on top of and then you have you bring Jefferson on, and it makes us you know it makes us take that next step in the running game, right? Receiver wise. It's, it's multidimensional. dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, we've seen
1: all schools, at, but especially it seems like at Oregon State it's not like you get through a season with one quarterback. Right. I mean, it's just such a physical position that gets hit so many times that you're going to need, and to have Jake as, you know, if he does earn the, the backup role, I mean, dude, how lucky is that?
0: Right. Cause there's not too many times that, you know, you look at someone like Alabama, right. And obviously it's Alabama. The players are better there. We know that, but it's, it's the situation. Yeah, but where
1: in the world do you have Jalen Hurt sitting on the bench? I mean, that's... Right. Yeah, and exactly. That, and that's what I you're
0: mean, saying. He goes anywhere else. He's a starting quarterback easily, right? And that's what, what, what i Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's just it. So that took him to the next...
0: Yeah. And, and no, he, I, I... Well, he did take him... Yeah, exactly. He took... He basically had them take that next step. But you see when Tua went down, what happened? You have Jalen Hurt step yeah. in and it's like nothing happened. Nothing and, happened. And,
1: yep.
0: You know... No drop-off. Exactly. That, and that's what I... Well, at least we hope for and whoever is named the starter that if someone does get hurt, hopefully they don't, but we like you said, Angie, we've seen that happen. So if that does happen, then from there they just, you know, someone next guy up and hopefully there's no drop off. So yeah. um obviously it's too short to say, you know, who is gonna be the starter. Um but that's what I'm saying everybody, stick around and just listen to what Sprague says, because he makes some really good points about that quarterback situation and just in general, um, kind of his thoughts on the spring and what he thinks needs to happen. So I'm excited for that. Angie, I'm sure you are too. Hopefully we can both make it down to practice tomorrow. Um, I know for a fact if there's going to be one thing I'm going to be super critical on, and I've been critical on it the entire time I've been writing these articles, Angie, for Blitz um, with the position breakdown is defense. On defense, I you know I know that they have good individual players. There's plenty of good individual players, but I'm not giving anyone you know cutting them any slack. If we don't get to the quarterback and nobody can get to the quarterback, then expect more More disasters. Yeah, more of the same and more disasters.
1: I'm exactly with you in that, and that's so. I'll I'll throw this out there because the eyeball test. I will say John McCartan. So, so I I really, we, we just ran the outside linebacker um, position breakdown that you gave us the outlook on blitz and John McCartan has gotten huge.
2: I mean, he's not
1: like all of six, five. I mean, he was, he walked by me at one point and I was kind of like, Whoa, Um, you know, but I really expect, I mean, there was some young players playing last year and nothing against that, but you made a really good point, Marcus, in that, you know, I think too many times last year, those young guys, Matthew Tago, um, Isaiah Tufaga, John McCartan, they were thinking too much. Mm-hmm. They were thinking, and that just that half a second hesitation was enough. Was the difference between them making the sack and not, yeah. or them making the play, or the the guy getting getting free. So I I'm hopeful, and I think Beaver Nation's hopeful that the comfort in the system and just that extra knowledge will be the difference. Yeah. That you know that half a second.
0: Well, absolutely, and that half a second makes such a big difference because just when you look at, you know, everything that happened to the defense last season, you see someone like Hamika, Rashid, Key, Wetzel, these guys who, you know, Shamar Smith, they get they are right there, but and it's even John McCartan, Matthew Tago, it's everybody, you know, it's not just the young guys, it's just the fact that there's a split second of, okay, what am I going to do, or how can I do this, and. You know, or if,
1: sticking to their assignment uh-huh. and making sure that your teammates are sticking to their assignment. Exactly. That you and don't have to go.
0: Not worry about somebody else's job. Yeah. And so yeah. when that happens, it takes away from your actual game, and it just makes it hard to be comfortable in how you play and everything like that. So, you know, that's what I'm going to be super critical on, Angie. I don't know what it is for you. I'm going to ask you, but you know, just in general, I am going to uh, I'm grading this entire spring. Not off the off. I mean, not off the defense. You know, offense too. But you know, I I have a lot more confidence in the offense than I do the defense right now. So a lot of things are going to have to, you know, obviously prove me wrong. I'm going to need to see that, you know, they're not getting beat on wheel routes. They're not, you know, they're getting to the quarterback. The defensive line is getting a push. All these pieces. I, that's exactly what I want to see, Angie. What is it that you want to see throughout the entire well, defense?
1: Spring? Defense, defense is huge. But um, I would love to see them have a quarterback named by the end of spring. I just think that gives so much, you know, it takes off some of that pressure heading into, you know, fall camp. And um, But the defense, I, I'm right there with you because the offense I'm not super worried about. I, I think they're going to be able – now, do they need to get better? Yes. Um, do they need to be more consistent? Yes. But defensively, that was probably – well, it, it was the worst defensive performance I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right when I say it can't get worse, I mean I said that before last year. I didn't think it could get worse than Kevin Clune, and it (laughs) seemed to. So, yeah. See, but I'm hoping they hit rock bottom last year.
0: Yeah. Well, it's only up from here now, so that's that's a positive thing. I just think. Overall we can't you know, I can't really give you guys a legit breakdown until I go watch a practice and then after watch Yeah, and Yeah, and they practice, haven't done any you
1: know, it hasn't mm-hmm. hasn't you know, it's all been just helmets and now what about the position there were a couple of position moves right before camp after after we taped last week's podcast. So uh, officially Key will moved to safety and um Mason Moran moved to safety. And the other one that was kinda of big I thought was Isaac Garcia moved from the end to linebacker.
0: Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, at least for I, I think safety-wise, unfortunately, you know, just for Mason Moran, he's just been through a lot, right? He's just been through yeah. a lot. You come in as a quarterback, they switch you to receiver, then you or you go to safety, receiver, whichever one happened first, and he maybe went to
1: safety and then receiver and then back to safety. Yeah, but at least he played safety and he had a pack of offers to play safety,
0: right? And so he's a little more comfortable. He can get back into the groove of that. I feel bad because that must, is a tough situation for Key. That makes sense. I mean, you know, Keys a slimmer. He would be a slimmer linebacker. He's a good guy to come off the edge, but it's just hard when you play someone like Stanford, where they're just going to overpower yeah. you. And so, and, and
1: he couldn't keep the weight on. I mean, he mm-hmm. was playing two hundred to two hundred five. Yeah,
0: it, it's he a hard thing to you know, do. Up. Yeah, yeah, so you know, Keys athletic. Keys fast. He can move super well, side to side, everything, all the above. So, I think moving him at safety is is a smart idea maybe as a nickel kind of guy though because the the safety position now is pretty stacked when you think about it you know you have you still have manning you still have more uh you have david morris coming back and now you have key you know you have a lot of pieces there and it's (laughs) you're gonna have to try to figure out how to get all these guys on the field because obviously you play your best guys right but if you have talent, you have to play it, right? You don't want to. You don't want. Oh well, yeah, they were what... even
1: trying. They they moved like Moku mm-hmm. Watson to corner a little bit on Tuesday. I mean, it was early, but it was kind of fun to see them mixing that stuff up.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of just filling it out, see what will work, what won't work. But uh, that's, and I think with Isaac Garcia, I think that's a good idea because you think of him as a, in a position as, you know, maybe Addison Gums or. You know, Hamaka, Rashid, those guys who can set the edge, mm-hmm. right? So there's a difference between D end and and linebacker, obviously. But you know, I would say I don't I don't want to call it a rover. Some guys call it a stud or whatever it is, but it's kind of like a stud stand up um, linebacker type guy. So he can move really well. I just think it's the same thing: is that you want bulk in the middle of the defense, and you want, compared to having a slimmer guy that you know maybe is going to get manhandled every here and there but having Isaac Garcia at least at linebacker I think will put you it'll be it'll be a better situation edge-wise and then hopefully you hope cuz it's hard to come from defensive line and then drop back and kind of be you know that guy that can cover in space but that's going to be the biggest thing is he I think he'll be a really good stud guy to be on the on the line and set the edge but I'm going to have to see kind of how he does in covering open space because it's not an easy thing to do at all
1: It's not easy, exactly.
0: Uh, But Angie, is there anything else you want to add before we move to some damn
1: questions? Let's move to the damn questions. we got some good ones this week.
0: All right. Damn questions are brought to you by Body of Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jason Young has been the chiropractor for Oregon State Athletics since 2011. Go to yourbodyofhealth.com for more information.
1: Okay, Marcus. I have a great question for you. All right. Let's hear it. Actually, I've got a couple good ones for you, but let's start with uh, Jay Hoop, 21, in the lodge at Beaver Blitz. Are there any freshmen who registered in 2018 that have stood out during the first week of practice and could make an impact in 2019? Mm. There's a couple. Josiah Irish, get to know that name, Beaver Nation. Wide receiver, played a couple games, redshirted. The kid is fast.
0: Yeah, I believe it. I mean, after you post, or after they posted his 40 time.
1: Four two like,
0: six. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go check that out. <laughs> I so don't, even you
1: know, okay, they, those were hand time. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some air, and they're usually a little faster. But still, you're let's say he's still running a four 3 5
0: mm-hmm.
1: That's fast.
0: Yeah. That. Well, that's. Yeah. That's crazy fast. I'm just. I'm interested to see. You know how that translates to the field because there's plenty of guys who are fast, right? There's plenty of guys who are st- like just crazy fast. But yes. if he can, if he can utilize that and really put that into his play, then that's that. That's when you get like, obviously, and we don't know because it's early, but a guy like John Ross, right? John Ross utilizes his speed and understood when to obviously turn on his burners and when not to. So if you can adjust mm-hmm. that and make it, it, makes it almost impossible for a DB to guard you. So yeah. I'm excited to see him. Angie, that's, you know, you're right. I almost, sometimes I forget that Oregon State has him because he's just young. And yeah, I know but and they and receivers then, and, the guys. I, and i yeah. think
1: brandon kipper is another one that i'm kind of watching he's a lineman that redshirted so um yeah those are the two but it's it's gotten kind of tricky with the whole redshirt mm-hmm. and but they can play and you know who really redshirted because i was about to say john mccarton but he didn't redshirt
0: yeah well that'd be uh, you're right i guess you're right dang he it feels like he's been there for a while, too, even though he hasn't.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> That's exactly. Crazy.
0: Angie, I actually have one for you. I guess it would be for you and me. Um, this is from, it's Katie. I don't even know what her last name was. She sent me in on, not on Twitter and not on Blitz, but it was on Instagram. For those who don't know what Instagram is, go check it out. Anyways, <laughs> uh, she asked, this is from her husband. I just found out that Jamar's nickname is Munch or Munchy. What are some of the best nicknames you and Angie have heard over the years for other Beaver players? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go. Victor Bolden had probably my favorite. We called him Quick Six. That one's pretty good. That's a good one. I like Quick Six. I think actually when we played Boise State, the announcers called him Quick Six, too. So that was pretty cool on Fox Sports. Um, Nice. Who else?
1: Gosh, who else? I – well, it was kind of – talk about trash talk like we were talking about earlier in the pod. Um, the Beavers had a receiver by the name of Daryl Catching back in the day, and um, he dropped a couple passes one game. And I happened to be at practice the next – it was in the in the uh, indoor facility, and all the guys walked by, and they kept calling him Dr. Droppings. Uh, they were like, paging Dr. Dr. Droppings. Dr. Um, that's rough. Kind of mean but kind of funny at the same time. That so. is a good one too. Catchings. If you if your name's catchings, you better catch the damn ball.
0: I know that we had it wasn't us that gave him the nickname, but Richard Mulaney is one of my good friends. And he he had a really good one when he went to Alabama. So I guess it's I guess it's a little different. But he had Slotty Pippin. Slotty Pippin was it was a pretty good one. <laughs> I was a big fan of that one. I was like, you know what? I like that. That that one that one's pretty smooth. I could work with that.
1: What what was your nickname?
0: Uh it depends. High school, they okay. call me Primetime.
1: prime time okay
0: prime time but uh you know i don't really know if i'm trying to think i don't know if i had one in college really uh yeah i don't really think most of us have one in college like nobody
1: james rogers was kwan
0: yeah they had uh and like devin chappelle had church but that's about it, you know. Uh, there's like D Will for Dwayne Williams. Yeah. Um. There was Charlie Mack for Charles Oconquo. Um. Bright Uguibu had Barry. But I think most of those Barry. Are, yeah. <laughs> I think most of those are kind of self ones more than anything. So, uh, I think kind of they're like, yeah, I actually go by this. I don't know if they do. I don't know if they don't. But you know, I'm all here for the nickname. So, and I. I am only thinking of one nickname, but I'm not going to say it because it's certainly not appropriate. So, uh, okay. next, <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. Next. Uh, okay. Yeah. You got um, this question? A for you. Here for the Beavers says, can you give us a little insight into the preferred walk-on experience versus a scholarship experience? Obviously you get tuition paid for, but what other kind of perks do you get as a scholarship player? And what kind of things are preferred walk-on players having to work through? Uh,
0: that's actually a really good question. I was Hey, really I, yeah, I was waiting for someone to give me that. I don't want to make this one super long, so I'll try to sum it up. It's the difference, I would say, especially with the Here's a good way to put it. With the last staff, with Coach Riley's staff, it wasn't it was like almost nothing was different other than your school was getting paid for. So that was nice. I that's what I really liked. It's the fact that with the last staff, it was more of listen, man, you're a walk-on and I, you know, you always know that if you're a walk-on, you have to work harder, right? It's it's without question. Um, You uh-huh. don't get as much slack cut for you, anything like that. But it almost came off like you're already in a losing situation if you're a, you know, if you're a walk-on, which isn't, you know, it, it's not cool at all because there's plenty of walk-ons who are just as good, but don't get exposure, everything like that, right? Whatever, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. people say, but- Um, at least what it felt like to me is, you know, if I, no matter what I always tried to be, I always tried to win everything. Right. And most walk-ons have that mentality that I have to win this just for the coaches to see me. So basically imagine doing this, we would run, say you run 50 gassers, you come in first 49 of those times. No, you know, none of the actual coaching staff, the, the weight, the strength coaches for sure understood. They were like, wow, yeah, like, you know, yeah. that that's some serious stuff that you're doing. You know, uh, hats off to you. They would put in a good word for you to the coaches. But the coaches were like this. Well, you only came in, you know, first 49 times compared to 50. So, you know, obviously something's not right. And so you're thinking like, well, what the hell? I just ran 49 gassers and came in first. And then I came in third yeah, on yeah. the 50th one. And they're like, well, hey, you know, this scholarship guy did it in – on the 50th one. So they're already going to put you back. So it's basically, Mm -hmm. it's, it sounds unfair because it is, but you know, you have to look at it too, as they're paying for these guys to be there. So they want to play their guys. And so you have to go above and beyond extra film, extra stairs, extra conditioning, whatever it is, the experience. It's not a terrible one, it's it's really not not no, everybody. But like, though,
1: so. they do yeah. get training table now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they do. So we yeah. Yeah, yeah, you still get fed. I know I got fed and everything like that, which was nice. It's just the fact that you feel like you're always having to prove something compared to somebody who, you know, has it off, right? They they can take plays off you can't. That and that's exactly yeah. what um uh, okay. coach, you know, I I don't know if I can even I guess I can't cuz he's not there. Coach Lockett told me that. He was like, "Hey man, like listen, we really appreciate everything you've done. Everything like that. He's like you're you're working your ass off. We see that. He's like but you have to realize especially special teams wise that these guys other guys can take plays off. You can't. And he's like that's not, you know, if I had the call, I would, you know, I would bench those guys and put other people in, but I don't. So think about it that you never get to take a playoff and they can. So that's the best way to sum it up in a way it's unfair. It from the sounds of it, it was kind of unfair, but at least you still get, you know, um the training tables you still get the gear you still get all the cool stuff like that but it's just you know obviously to me it was more playing time than anything
1: yeah yeah because it used to be they didn't get they didn't get food
0: Ooh, that'd be rough i couldn't imagine that i'd be mad then
1: but um no i think that's it's it's a good and and this staff seems different like they Mm -hmm. i mean we keep our scholarship tracker at beaver blitz just not to point out like who but just kind of to keep up with like how many it's more for us and the, the diehard fans that cover rec- that watch recruiting to know like how many spots are open. You know how many spots will be open this year? How many seniors are there on scholarship? Yeah. But the staff, you know, you you'll be like check in, you know, with the you know sports information director or or whoever and say, you know, hey, is this guy in scholarship? And it's always this, like we don't like to differentiate
0: publicly. See? Yeah, and that's 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 a good thing that and that's what makes players trust you. It really does yeah. because. If there's plenty of times that guys get quote unquote promised a scholarship and then, you know, <laughs> what happens from there is that you don't get your scholarship and then you lose trust with the, with the coaching staff and everything like that. I know there's been plenty of times that the coach is like, Hey man, you know, scholarship opens up. You're the next one. And I never got it. So yeah, that's all right. You're always
1: the next one. You're mm-hmm. always the next one on the list. Right. Okay. And the, Matt yeah. Schiaffoni, one of our, our longtime listeners and friends, um, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Basketball. All right. He says, How close do you think Tinkle is to breaking through? Will next year's class put them over the top?
0: Mm, I don't know. I mean, Sprague talked about this too on the segment he and I recorded. You know, Oregon State has three four star guys right now. On you know, three four star starters on mm-hmm. the uh, you know, on their team and he thinks it's under you know, they're underachieving. I think we talked about this last time. He thinks that we're there, you know, Oregon State's still underachieving. So um, I don't want to say I feel the same way. He just opened up my eyes and put it as, "Listen, man, they have a lot of good players. You know, the Thompson mm-hmm. brothers are really good players, and so is, and obviously, we you know Trace is a great player. So that you know, you would think if there, if it was going to be a breakthrough, it would be now. But next season, you lose Stevie Granted, you get that Jared Lucas guy who seems like he's just a walking twenty-five points. But I don't know. I you know, it's almost too hard for me to." give you a straight answer because I just don't know. It depends on what Trace does as well. Depends on kind of how everything goes. So, um, but do you
1: think, see, I've, I've been wondering this. Nothing against the Thompsons and Trace mm-hmm. being coaches' kids. But no matter what the coaches do to try to, to not be biased toward their kids, or, you know, I mean, I'm not saying they are, but they are. They're really good players. But mm-hmm. that can cause some animosity with other players on the team. That they're not getting their minutes or what have you. Mm-hmm. Do you think the yeah. team could be better without coaches' kids? Like three of the five. Um,
0: I don't know. You know, I think that it's. I think that it does cause some stuff like that. I know I've been in situations where it's been that, but at the same time, you're you're thinking you're like, listen, if there are best players, <laughs> then, and then, you play. then you have to play yeah. them. Like regardless, if you think. You know, oh well, look—it's coach's son. He's getting more playing time. Yeah, because he's probably the best player. You know that—that's—that's yeah, yeah. That's for a reason. You know, it's not like he's—he just walked in and got that basketball skill. He earned it. So, you know, there's been plenty of times where there's coaches' sons who just aren't good. You know, the, you, places at like Kentucky. Um, I know it was Kyle Parr. His his son was there, and he—you he yeah. didn't even know because he didn't play. But yeah. Um, you know, best play, I, I just think best players will play. It's too hard for me to to know right now. It depends obviously what Trace does and kind of how the team shapes up next year. But, you know, I don't see I don't know why they couldn't at least repeat what they've done this season, you know, record wise and uh place or standing in the Pac twelve. So I don't know.
1: How do you how do you grade um this was the second part of his question? How would you how do you view Stevie Thompson's career as a beef? Oh, I give it at least a B plus. That at
0: the very yeah, see,
1: I don't know the the hate for Stevie. I mean, he he has the career Oregon State record for three pointers. He's number four on the all time scoring list. He can be streaky, and I get that. But
0: when he's on, oh, and dang, and he has hit two game winning shots against a rival yeah. team. Like, how can you ask yeah. for more, right? And at some point, you know, it's always hard. And I would
1: say he has the best hair in the Pac twelve.
0: Yeah, either him or his brother. They both or have kind brother. of the same hair, but I love uh, it. I just. You know, I, I would grade his at least at the very, very lowest, a B plus. He's done it, you know, you could tell he gives his efforts too, right? It's not yes, like he's yes. it's not like he just takes games off. You know, sometimes he's streaky like you said, but it just happens. Yeah, in it's every not game. like he's not
1: trying yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And and
1: dude, he graduated in three years and is getting his masters now. Well
0: I mean And he was scholar athlete of the year, I'm pretty sure, wasn't yes, he? Yeah, yeah. Scholar Athlete of the Year. Come on.
1: Great. Great ambassador to State.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Angie, do you have one more question for us?
1: Um, Hopeful Beeve says, should we expect an announcement of who the starting quarterback will be during spring camp or sometime during the summer?
0: What's your thought? Uh, I think Sprague and I again talked about this. I thought that maybe it would be nice to have it at the end of, of spring. Sprague will say the same thing. Um, but, you know, I think it would just be nice because it's just then it's you don't have to always have the confusion when was the last time that you know I think it was Sean Mannion that we step yeah. in and say this is our quarterback. If anyone could Yeah, but beat- even
1: then there was some yeah. there was question with Cody Vaz. I Absolutely. mean no it's been it's been years.
0: We need and I think it's just it makes it so much easier for the players to adjust to just having this is our guy, right? This is our guy and We know he's going to be our leader. It's nothing against who's ever the backup, but we know this is our quarterback and we believe in this guy instead of always having it. You know, I don't believe in the, in the, in the, how would you say, the locker room dividing of this, some people think this guy should start, some people think this guy should start. I know it happens, but at the end of the day, it's like we all have one goal we're trying to win.
1: So if we. Yeah, but that does happen. Yeah, it does. Go back to Marcus McMarion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was all because of the coaching staff. And I would argue that that coaching staff had Booten picked out, pegged as their starter, like, back in the spring. Oh, absolutely. And just kept that kind of charade going. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so what I'm I, saying. I think it's There's, how it's handled, right? Yeah, it's it how it's handled. And,
0: yeah. You're right. But it
1: can. It can totally divide a locker room. Yes.
0: Absolutely. And that, in
1: my opinion, that's where Anderson lost the team.
0: Mm-hmm. That's.
1: With that, that decision in bend.
0: Yeah, that's where I uh, lost a lot of respect for that guy, too. Um, just, just by the way he handled it. I think if he handled it different, I think a lot of people would look at him differently, but it's the fact that you keep, you know, you keep Marcus there and he's basically, you could tell that he was holding out to the very, very last second. So Marcus couldn't transfer away. Couldn't transfer. I mean,
1: and and I'd heard the story, you know, the, the talk of, you know, I mean, I would heard they went and got Luton because that's who Anderson wanted as his quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then you have Marcus go in and talk to him and just say, Hey, I mean, I understand if I'm not your guy. And Anderson, nope, nope, it's an open competition. Mm-hmm. I, I would argue that that was never an open competition.
0: Right, which is, you know, and, obviously a discussion we've already had. Plenty yeah, yep. of times,
1: And but. but I think that's, you know, that can. But, no, I agree. I, I, I don't know if we know, you know, in the next couple of weeks, but I would say heading into fall camp, they better have their quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Angie, do you have anything else for us? I don't. All right. Well, I'll be was... in
1: Corvallis tomorrow, though. So, um, lots of, I'll have a write up. We'll have Carter's write up, Shemaya's write up. So, make sure to check out uh, the Lodge and, and BeaverBlitz.com.
0: Yes, absolutely. And hopefully, I will be there. Uh, if not, Angie obviously will hold it down. And so will Shemaya and Carter. But uh, if we don't have anything else, Everybody stick around for this next segment we have with Brandon Sprague. It's a really good one. Uh, he makes some really good points, and he kind of opens up your eyes a little bit to what he sees through Beaver football and the situation, and we also talk basketball as well. So um, awesome. thank you guys so much. Angie, thank you so much for hopping on, and uh, we're going to switch over to Sprague now. Now joined with me is former Dan Podcast host, the Brandon Sprague. Sprague, how
2: you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me back on. Of course, we're just gonna hop right into it because we <laughs> okay. want to talk
0: about spring ball.
2: Let's do it, spring ball, baby. And, uh,
0: week one in the books. Yeah, week one in the books. Kind of, we want. I want to start off with this. What are your expectations? Like, what does this mean for Coach Smith? Like, if he, if, if the Beavers come out and look really good in spring, are you gonna buy any of it?
2: Well, uh, that's, okay, that's not an easy question to answer. And my opinion has always been, and I remember doing this on the pod when me and Angie first started doing it together way back when. Um, we talked about spring ball and just positional breakdown and guys we wanted to see what they looked like in the next year. My, my overall opinion, though, with spring ball is you don't take anything away. Mm-hmm. Um Spring ball to me is is just a glorified part of college football that doesn't really mean too much. It's just enough time for the coaching staff. Like really, if you were to break it down, the coaches get everything from it and we as the media or, or we as the fans, we can watch and, and if they have a spring game and let's say Isaiah Hodgins has 10 catches for 280 yards, I mean, that's going to be cool to see, but I'm also going to go, oh yeah, he just went against the Oregon State defense. Let's not put all our eggs in the basket that that's going to be his season. So, you know, you look for a lot of things in spring. I, I think the one thing I'm looking forward to the most, um, I, I mentioned and I actually kind of went off the last time I was on with you on the defense and how just poor I thought that effort was for them all year and kind of the coaching concerns. I think in spring ball, though, the only area I would look at is Tristan Jebia. I, I really want to find out and, you know, read at Blitz or, or O'Live or wherever, and I want to find out, If the kid is getting it, if he's stepping in there, if he's confident in the pocket, if he's making the right reads, if he's able to look at maybe one, two, three progressions, and I just want to know that he is going to be clear-cut the guy because Jake Luton is – I appreciate what Jake Luton has done, stepping in here and transferring in and battled through the injuries and that horrific injury he had a couple years ago. The reality is they need a better quarterback if they want to take that next step and either become bowl eligible or knock right on the door of bowl eligibility. And it was great what we saw in the run game. They were one of the best uh, offense, rushing offenses, uh, not only in the conference, but they did a pretty damn good job uh, within the country. Um, so I liked what I saw there. And I know they're losing a couple offensive linemen. But overall, I think the one area I, I care most about is quarterback. You can tell me this wide receiver or this safety or this linebacker all played well, and that's great. Ah, uh, the team doesn't go anywhere unless they have a competent quarterback. And I think Tristan Jebia as- appears to be that guy to take him to the next step. Now it's just a matter of finding out if he really is. Mm-hmm. and kind of building off that, I think it's it's you're right.
0: Jake, like what he's done is is phenomenal, right? Well, not I wouldn't say phenomenal, but at least kind of what his situation has been. I think he's made the most of it for sure. Uh, you know, there is a lot of, quarterback discussion whether it should have been connor blount last season or jake luton but i think for me the one thing i want to see in the spring is just uh like you said a clear-cut quarterback like this guy is a starter you could tell that he is the best quarterback on the team because in the past i don't know two or three seasons it's been the spring is obviously for competition but it's been more of okay this guy looks really good but maybe we could start this guy, too. I don't know if we've had that set. This guy should be the quarterback. He's going to be the quarterback in, like, three years. I mean,
2: look, we're asking each other's opinions here, but we're not Jonathan Smith, Mm -hmm. right? Like We're not paid the big bucks to go out there and figure it out. So he's going to do what he thinks is best for his program. If I'm giving my two cents, I would actually really prefer them by the end of spring to just announce that Jebby is the guy. You know, if he goes out Mm -hmm. there and he balls and he plays well and he picks the defense apart and has a decent spring game showing, Uh, I would just prefer them to announce him as the quarterback and allow him the few months going in uh, leading into fall camp to just kind of have that confidence and know that, yeah, I'm the guy. This is my program. This is my team. This is what I'm going to do for him and study the hell out of the playbook for those couple months. And then you come into fall. I've never been a big fall quarterback competition guy. And I know Mike Riley did that a few different times in his uh, era, but I would just much prefer to know the quarterback by the end of spring ball and then allow him all that time to build on his leadership, build on the playbook, and get ready for fall ball coming, and you don't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. The kid can just, he can play loose, he can play free, and not to say that he can't if there's a competition, but, you know, sometimes competitions like that, I I don't know if they're that great for Mm -hmm. locker rooms. I'm not saying this one won't be if it ends up going that way, but I would just prefer the kid to, to get the job by the end of spring if he proves it. If he doesn't, then okay, you go into fall and you have a competition, but if it's pretty cl- uh, cut and clear who the better quarterback is, just name them and yeah. allow all those people to have that time to understand what their role is within the team. Absolutely, and we're going to switch it
0: now. Is I was going to ask you what position group you think needs to improve the most, but,
2: I mean, the whole defense in general. Well, that's <laughs> uh, that's an easy one for me. Uh, I thought linebacker play was okay, wasn't uh-huh. great. I mean, look, the defense was terrible in general, so you could really nitpick at every area. They're clearly going to get better at safety when David Morris mm-hmm. comes back this year. Obviously didn't play last year. I think they're going to be fine at defensive back. Um, but all of those positions, safety, DB, they're really predicated on your pass rush, mm-hmm. right? Like your If your pass rush is non-existent, who, who cares? Like yeah. You're going to have a good player, but they're still going to get torched from time to time. So for me, you easily circle on the defense, the defensive line. You've got to get pressure. Uh, this is a group really dating back to the Ga- Gary Anderson era and then you know, really, I don't know, late Mike Riley. We haven't had a good defensive line in quite some time here. Yeah. So it, I would really think Scott Crichton and Dylan Wynn are, you know, last tandem edge rushers that we had that made a difference. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't think we've had one really that quality since then. So watching the defensive line and seeing how they develop as well. Uh, If I was to pick an area on the defense to say, oh, I'm I'm most concerned or most curious about this area, it's for sure the defensive line. Once the defensive line goes, everything else falls into place. Your DBs look a little better. Your safeties look a little better. Your linebackers are better in space. Whereas if you don't have a pass rush, great, the quarterback has four, five, six seconds to pick you apart. You can be an all-pro cornerback. At some point, you're going to wilt in that time. Right, and I have said it
0: numerous times is that The Beavers always get beat on wheel routes. Like, it seems every game that happens, and it's obviously because of pass rush, right? And that wheel route, it takes a long time to develop, but that's the thing. Yeah, it's an out and up. Right, (laughs) and if teams really think that, you know, there isn't a pass rush and they could do that, and that's what teams did all last season was they knew that Oregon State didn't have a pass rush, and so from there they can just have a long developing play like that, but... I think it's just so much harder for the linebackers, obviously, to read, and teams were torching us as we know on the ground for you know three hundred plus rushing yards every game. But right? It's more of just the fact that it's too hard for the linebackers to you know fill the gaps, read the whole, read everything because you have offensive linemen in your face because the defensive line was getting no push.
2: You're almost like, in a way, uh, it feels like linebackers to a certain extent. When your pass rush is non-existent, you're almost forced to play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Obviously, as a linebacker, your responsibility is the back out of the backfield, or maybe a slot guy coming over the middle, uh, six to eight yards. But like when you don't have a pass rush, you're almost concerned about multiple things. Of like, mm. oh my god, there's this hole right here, yeah. and then I got this guy coming. You know, if you don't have that and you can eliminate it, uh, that's just gonna help them that much more. I don't know. I don't know what to project. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know, I know the roster, top yeah. to bottom. Um, I don't know much of the depth. I know you just, you're just you putting a piece on uh, Beaver Blitz about depth and breakdown, and I'm going to get to that um, at some point. But I, I don't know that much, so I'm just hoping it's just development and it's coaching and it takes the next step and that they can be better than what they were last year. Mm-hmm. And that will
0: lead me into the final thing we could talk about is next season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've looked at the schedule a little bit. I'm not sure if you have. I'm sure you have. It, it looks – a little, I don't want to say iffy, right? They play Oklahoma State, and I think they play Cal Poly at home. Like it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a
2: yeah. Oklahoma State comes in, so you got the battle of the OSUs. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I have said this multiple times: if they're not wearing all black and all orange, I'm going to be very disappointed in that game. <laughs> I'm just telling. You, we've yeah. wanted this game for a long time for the OSU reason. Yeah, you both have black and orange. O- Oregon State loves to don the all orange unis, mm-hmm. and we know Oklahoma State has the all black look as well switch it up. I don't care. Some you got to have an all black yeah. person all. I want it, I want to I want to sit there watch that game and go, is this a spring game or
0: a real game? <laughs> I think that would be pretty dope too, but you know, kind of is there do you have a projection by at all on the season kind of what do you think this team will take if they will take that next step if it's going to be maybe, you know, yeah. three wins, four wins, maybe we're going to see another two win Maybe one win. Kind of kind of give us what you think.
2: If there's one win, I, I think you have serious coaching concerns. I'll mm-hmm. I'll say that much. Um, because the, the recruiting class was much maligned by one publication. And, you know, obviously Blitz didn't like some of the stuff that was being put into that. We can almost talk about that, too, because mm-hmm. that was such a big story when it came yeah. out. Um, if I was looking at the schedule and trying to be honest yeah, you know, Oklahoma State. I know they're not going to have Mason Rudolph anymore. He's gone now. So what's their quarterback situation? But Gundy is such a good football coach. Yeah. And that program, I know they're funded by a billionaire and T- Boom Pickens, but maybe their expectations are higher. They're like a consistent nine to ten win team, basically yeah. with gundy. so that that's not a given. In fact, I'd probably lean Oklahoma State in that one. You go to Hawaii, and I think Beaver fan knows through the years, going to Hawaii is not fun. It's not easy. You know, players basically go to this warm tropical climate, and they're there mm. a few days early, and it's like, oh, let's go to the beach after practice. That's and exactly what I did. Exactly. <laughs> see, you worry about that a little bit, but maybe you can beat that game. And then Cal Poly, you should you should destroy Cal Poly by twenty plus points. Um, if you were to break the conference down, Stanford, KJ Costello is coming back. I know Bryce Love is gone, but I think Costello is better than Kevin Hogan, mm-hmm. and so that's not a gimme. And we know Oregon State plays Stanford tough, but. Still Stanford, got to respect them. UCLA came on late last year with their offense. Uh, I don't know what to expect with Chip in year two. Maybe Dorian Thompson-Robinson takes that step, or maybe mm-hmm. he just becomes a mobile quarterback. I still think defensively you're always going to have to – you're going to worry about every game, really. But yeah. I don't know. Overall, breaking down the schedule, I'm not going to go game for game. I put on Twitter, like, this team's going bowling next year just because, like, I'm tired of watching them lose so much. Yeah. If their players that transferred in take that step – and then the guys returning or coming back from injury get better, they've got a good shot to win four to six games. Now mm-hmm. that might be a little generous, but I just you have to trust coaching. I know year two might not be the step where people are expecting a, a bowl game, but you got possibilities here because the Pac twelve, let's not act like it was overwhelmingly dominant last year. Yeah. There could be a chance a couple of these games and these teams aren't as good as we think they are. Mm-hmm. If you could get to four wins, I call that a good year. Because you can build off four, you doubled your win total from the year prior, and then you just hope to God that four wins get you in a couple more living rooms of kids you couldn't get, and that everybody coming back the year after that says, all right, we've been through the crap, we've been through the the rise, and now it's time to cap it off. Let's go win six to eight games this mm-hmm. year. You just hope by year three, you see a bowl team if you don't in year two. that's That's basically what I think when I look at the schedule. Okay,
0: and... You know, you kind of hit on it a little bit with kind of this recruiting class. Do you have any thoughts about the recruiting class or is it more of are you more sold on the transfers or are you sold on the development of these young kids? Well, you know,
2: I I think if I was being 100 percent honest, I I don't think you'd be sold on anything because we haven't seen it. Like, how are you sold? to? You know, you could sell me on a bag of apples from a grocery store, but (laughs) if you deliver them to me and I never see them, I don't know how good they're really going to be. Yeah. Um, so I hope I'm, I'm, I'm going in the optimistic approach. Like they will do well. They'll have a chip on their shoulder and that they'll have an impact and that the coaching staff will help develop a couple of these players. My thing on that story was cause Nemec works for our, our 1080 works mm-hmm. kind of with us. And you know, we have him on our show and he's on all the shows here on the, on the fan. And I had somebody was like, if you don't destroy him on the air, I'm going to lose a lot of respect. And my job isn't to go out there and bash somebody, Right. Um. nor am I actually paid to kiss anybody's ass. Yeah. Like, if there's something he writes that I disagree with, I'm bringing it up and we're going to talk about it. But I'm not going to go out there and just crap all over somebody. You know, that's not what I'm – I'm just paid to give an opinion. Mm-hmm. And if we differ on the opinion, I'll let him know. Mm-hmm. And that's that. My thing from Morgan State perspective is if you don't like somebody, then fine. That's whatever. I I don't have any stock in that. Um, But if you really hate what he wrote, which was how bad this class was, and he's told me multiple times off the air how terrible it is, Mm. then why say anything at all? Right. Let it breathe, watch the class, and in two to three years, one of the sides is going to say, see, I told you so. Either he's going to say, see, look how bad that class was, they haven't taken any steps, they've won only four games the last two years, or the Blitz slash Oregon State side could be like, see? This is why you don't go out and make bold statements. You don't know the development could be better than you think. You don't give the coaches enough credit. What have you? I didn't really understand why Oregon State fan got so mad at that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think that he's a homer for one team versus the other, then that's fine to think that. But my opinion was, I'm not putting stock in either. Like I'm kind of just an in between yeah. of, I want to wait and see.
0: Yeah, I'm I'll not going to go in. And,
2: yeah, I'm not going to go in and tell you this is absolutely going to be the worst class of all time. And I'm not going to go in and say they're going to prove everybody wrong and 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 double the win total than people think. You watch. I'm not going to do that. Right. Uh, I try to be realistic with things, <laughs> and I don't think anybody really has a, a handle on how good players are going to be yeah. coming out of high school, going to college. And so I'm just going to be in the middle, sitting here waiting and going, all right, in two, three years, I'll find out if he was right. I'll find out if the other side was right. Um, I just, I, I didn't understand... I didn't understand why people were so angry about that. Like, mm. by the way, being angry and and tweeting about it like that is only helping him. So, for all those people angry at him, you actually helped him a lot. That's a brand building thing. And whether that upsets you or not, I'm just telling you the facts. Like, they want they want clicks and they want exposure, and he works his butt off. I know that. But everybody getting mad and tweeting about it, you're just you're bringing more and more people to it. So, if you're really that mad. I don't know what to tell you. You just got to deal with it. Like people are going to have their opinions on the recruiting classes of Oregon state. His job is to evaluate and give his thoughts. He did. And then everybody hated it because it wasn't pro Oregon state. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Cause you love your program, but don't get mad about it. Just, yeah. just be in the middle and wait. And mm-hmm. in three years, if you want to gloat in three years, gloat, be like, Hey man, remember how wrong you were on this class? Yada, yada, yada. Great. Yeah. So I, I just, I viewed that and, I hope the class is better. We right. know Oregon State's always been kind of a school that's gotta find diamonds in the rough. Uh yourself included. You're buried out there in Prineville, Oregon. I'm
1: like
2: oh one of the yeah. only black kids at Prineville. Absolutely. Let's go see what this kid's about. No, I'm just kidding. Right,
0: but it's I mean that's it's true. And Oregon State that's kind of what it is. And I, I get I, I see both sides, right? And oh, I don't want to say I see both sides, but I see I'm kinda of where you are, right? I'm just kind of a wait and see. I'm always looking at it from a player's point of view that you know the whole overlooked everything like that chip on your shoulder. Right. And I say that often is that, yeah, if a kid is actually overlooked and has a chip on his shoulder, then he'll let his play do the talk. He doesn't need to talk.
2: Right? Exactly. That offensive lineman, I forget his name, but they just, um, where's he coming from? Montana. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I'm sorry if I'm wrong on that, listeners. But like, there's an offensive lineman product coming out, and I remember we talked with Brandon Huffman. And Huffman is ranting and raving about this kid. Yeah. He's like, he's only a three-star, but that's because, you know, yada, yada, yada didn't happen. And I just think, okay, that's very Oregon State. Like, they got a three-star, which is what you're aiming to do. And if you yeah. get a four-star, then great. But you're Oregon State, except your lot in life. That kid might be a borderline four-star player, and you got him. Like, there are moves like that that I'm saying that wait and see. And if it hits early, talk then. Like, mm-hmm. if if two, three, four kids out of this class pop then go ahead and, and talk about it. Rant yeah. and rave about it. I you know, I just don't get upset to the point where you're like boycott and F you and yeah, and yeah it just let it breathe and let's allow time to take over and we'll find out. Mm-hmm. And again, one side will be right and one the side other side won't. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. So Hey man. That was a
0: that was a nice little twenty minutes we had. Was that twenty minutes? Yeah, just about.
2: There we you appreciate go. it, man. You well, talk a lot. <laughs> Hey man, Sheesh. I was just letting you go. I didn't even get a word in. What I was are just doing letting here? you
0: go, man. You, you, you were explaining these people hear enough of me talking. Right? Are you? Uh,
2: how's the podcast going? It's good, man. Yeah. I think these people really like it. At least I hope. Yeah. I mean, I had somebody tweet somebody tweet me when you took. I think it, you were like four episodes in. I had somebody tweet me like, "Hey, no offense, but I love Marcus more than you." And I just thought. <laughs> Okay, I don't know why <laughs> but, I needed to know that, yeah, a, but I'm happy for thing. Marcus. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad thing. to hand it off to you, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. It's been fun. It's uh, how's it been lately, like with the topics? Because uh, I gotta admit, it's it's been a little dry out there. It's been a
0: little dry. It's it's still fun though. Like we always find something to do. We are you been, talking hoops? We talked. We talk a little hoops. Um, Angie and I can't it's really our Tourney teach you. week. Baby. I know. Okay. Well, how about this?
2: I know you and I have talked about this off here, and I yeah. know you have a
0: show to get to. I but... just
2: drove to Seattle and watched them lose to the Huskies, but damn it, man, they should have won that game. They should have, but that play, <laughs> that play. I was talking with some people with the team in a bar because I met up with some friends and some people I know in downtown Seattle after the game, and we we're getting some drinks and. You know, they were talking about that play and I recorded the play on my phone because mm-hmm. I was going to tweet it out in case they hit a game winner. Just be like, this was insane. Yeah. And I rewatched it because they were telling me at the bar, uh, Trace was open and this play was drawn up. And I watched that play three, four different times. Trace was in the opposite corner just standing. There really wasn't any movement. Like that yeah. really wasn't a play. Yeah. Um. So that frustrated me a little bit. But... Hell of an effort by those guys against a team that's undefeated at home. Yeah. Like, the number one team in the conference, they almost beat them. So, man, I hope going down to Vegas, they get that bye. And then who is it? Is it California and Colorado? Yeah. They play the winner of those two? Yeah, either or. And if they get Cal, which they won't because Cal's so god-awful. Yeah. But you at least like their chances to maybe compete here. They got plus 700 in Vegas to win the whole thing. Okay. Those are good odds if you want to go make some money. And yeah, it's pretty the decent The Pac-12's open, man. It's wide open.
0: Yeah, do you think... Okay, how about this little bonus segment? Do you think... We've talked about this. Do you think the season's been a success? Like, if they don't make it to... No. You don't think no. at all? Not no. even a little bit? No. Why?
2: Um. So, it's a success in the fact of... I think they had their first... Their best conference record since 1990. Yeah. The conference was as bad as we've seen maybe ever. Like when Arizona's ninth and 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 they're down there and UCLA's not good, your conference is terrible. Yeah. And the fact that they can't win the conference, they couldn't get the 1-2 seed with three, four stars on their starting lineup, th- that's not successful. Now, if they go to the tournament, I'll change my opinion. You win the Pac-12 Tourney and you get that auto bid, mm-hmm. I'm in. It's a successful season. It worked. Yeah. Your record wasn't what I thought it would be. It was a little worse. But you got to the tourney, right? You get to the dance. It's a successful season to me. Um, but if they don't win the conference tournament and they lose, you know, whatever, their second or first game, what have you, no, it's that's not a successful season. You can't have an expectation less than NCAA tournament when you have three four-stars in your starting lineup. Mm -hmm. Now, I had somebody tell me they weren't sure about Trace, but I'm pretty convinced. Wasn't Trace a four-star when he came out? I thought he Uh, was. I'm pretty sure he was. And then the Thompson bros, I mean, those were both four-star kids. You can't have three fours in your lineup and not make the tourney more Mm -hmm. than one time. Right. You know what I mean? And by the way, that one time, no disrespect to anybody, Tinkle coached his ass off that year. I was at that Arizona game when they pulled the upset off. Uh... That GP season was all about GP. Like GP elevated his play to a level we haven't seen probably since his father. Yeah. There have been great players at Oregon State. There really have been. But if we're to look back at the timeline of great players in a season, mm-hmm. I don't know how it's not Gary Payton Sr. and then gone. And you had some good players in between there. Brent Berry being one of them. But then his son, GP2, taking the team and carrying him to the tourney again. That 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 was an incredible feat by him, and they haven't been back since. So, mm. my opinion is, unless they win the Pac-12 tournament, no, like a crap nit bid or I don't know CBI or whatever. If they play that, no, you can't. This group is going to go down, and them three together are not going to make the Pac-12 uh, the, the NCAA tournament. Nah, that's not successful to me. Mm-hmm. But I I want nothing more than be proven wrong. I want them to go in there and. They've got a good shot, man. This conference is again not very good, yeah. And they played UW really tough. And if you get the right matchups in the tournament, that's all what's matter. That's all all it takes. uh, That's all that it takes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and just a little bit of momentum and some confidence. They have a. They need to have a chip on their shoulder too. But I wish
2: I could go down there and watch them. Well, hey, I might. There you go. No, I'm just kidding. I can't. Oh, (laughs) Vegas is cheap, man. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You could fly to Vegas for two thirty. You could stay in a hotel off the strip or some cheaper hotel on the strip. For like 60 bucks a night. You just go for two nights. Yeah, but... that's You eat buffet food at your hotel that's cheap but not very good for you, but it's cheap and it's free. That's true. You go to the media credentials, you get food there. You really have no worries about food. You don't have worries really about transportation.
0: <laughs> I owe dirt $100, but I can't be spending buddy. Now
2: well, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> that, we don't have time that is for.
0: That's a whole other conversation, but... We're going to wrap it up. Sprague, thank you again for hopping on, man. I'm sure these listeners love it because, uh, like I said, sometimes I, I'm guessing they get tired of listening to me and Angie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, man, we appreciate it. Well, I miss the listeners.
2: On. Thanks, the listeners, for continuing to support. Marcus is killing it. Uh, Angie, the goddess that she is running Beaver Blitz, you guys are all great. Uh, I love it. I know I'm not a part of it anymore, really, but you're doing a great job. Keep grinding. And uh, thanks for inviting me back on and I'll have to jump on some other time. Of course, my man. Thank you.